0: Hey, welcome to Hustle Faithfully podcast where determination meets devotion.
1: Find us across all streaming platforms at www.hustlefaithfully.com. Well, Ricardo, we're going to be talking today about operating at ground zero. Mm. Yeah. We had a guest on during one of our series of From Burnout to Breakthrough, Dr. James Dentley. Mm -hmm. And he made a very interesting statement. He said, you cannot hit rock bottom Mm -hmm. if you have a firm foundation. He -hmm. said, then you can only hit firm foundation Mm -hmm. that threw a twist on it that I had never thought about. Right. Very intelligent. Everything from him is. So does in a situation like that, does ground zero move to different levels for different people as you progress and as you grow?
0: Oh, Well, I mean, for me, ground zero is the place of of impact Um, and typically it's impact emotionally, you know, where something has hit you in in such a way. Because most people, it's it's natural human inclination to want to escape something that's painful, Um, whether it's uh, an emotional pain or whether it's a physical pain. You know, if I if I hurt my arm in some way, this is ground zero of the pain. So I don't want anybody to, to touch it because it reminds me of the pain, or 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 it causes more pain. You know, it can be an old wound, but I can have new pain from that old wound because mm-hmm. it gets touched, agitated. So emotionally, it's that that same way where you try to keep people away from ground zero, and you yourself a lot of times will stay away from it. It's worse emotionally than it is physically, because mm-hmm. over time, a physical wound. Will heal just by bi- biology. It's going to heal on its own if you don't mess with it. Emotional pain, if you don't mess with it, it's not going to get better. Right. You know. So that's kind of what we're talking about now. So it's that, that mental and emotional anguish where there's an impact at ground zero, and it can be different for other people. And depending on what it is, it can can change depending on where you are or the uh, how you've grown. You know, so like ground zero right now will be different than it will be later. If I've grown out of this space and the impact, the crater will be smaller, you know, because I won't have this, 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 I won't have this thing just hurling towards me. It's kind of like an asteroid coming towards the earth. I won't have this huge thing hurling towards me because I have enough awareness in that area now to see it coming and to adjust and do what needs to be done so that if, if it's going to hit me, it's going to create a smaller impact.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. That's the whole thing is to grow and learn and continue that growth process at all times. Yeah. Because then you see that asteroid coming that knocked you fight on your face yeah. two years ago. Yeah. But now you know what to look for. So you know how to maneuver around it and shift and 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 still survive and keep going from where you were at before it started hurling yeah. toward you. So what happens when that asteroid is something new Mm -hmm. because I'm a firm believer of the higher the level, the higher the devils Mm -hmm. said differently. The more that you grow in a field in life, Mm -hmm. the more challenges that will come and the bigger they become. Right. A simple analogy would be in the gym when -hmm. you're bench pressing. Right. You know, my son was in there with me and, and he doesn't like to bench press very much. Because everybody in the gym is looking at him as he's doing it, right? In his, in his mind. mind, of course. <laughs> yeah. Very few people, as you know, are really paying attention, uh, right? Yet he'll put on, uh, let's just say, ninety-five pounds, a mm-hmm. uh, twenty-five-pound plate on on each side, and he struggles with it. Mm-hmm. And he made the comment to me, "It's embarrassing." Like, why is that? And he said, "Because other people are doing so much more." I said, "Yeah, you have just now started." your gym trilogy, right? These people have been in here for years. Of course they're doing more. Right. And that takes me back to when I was in high school. I remember I was in weightlifting class Mm -hmm. and we had to max our bench press. Mm -hmm. I got down and it was 95 pounds.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh
1: man. I'm sure that the coach was lifting most of that off on me. I just couldn't lift it. Yeah. I was kicking my feet all around. It was it was sad and pathetic. I'm going to quit talking about that because it's embarrassing even just explaining it. Mm-hmm. And then I remember a football player laid down on the bench right after me. Right. He kept it at 95 pounds. He, he pushed it like 20, 25 times mm-hmm. with ease. It was embarrassing. Right. And so I understand what Jack's going through. But I could also say the same thing that at that time, 95 pounds was hard for me. Mm-hmm. But because I kept growing... Right. Now it's nothing. I mean, it's almost like lifting absolutely nothing. Yeah. The same is true in life. You continue to grow and you continue to get stronger in whatever that area is, whatever that field is, whatever mm-hmm. your profession is. Right. And now you're not facing a 95-pound weight. Now you're facing a 315-pound weight. Mm-hmm. It's a higher devil, so to speak, mm-hmm. because you've reached a higher level. You're you're pushing. I think I was pushing two eighty five, two ninety five. I think it's what it, two ninety five. Mm-hmm. So I look at the old devil of ninety or yeah ninety five pounds. Nothing to it. I look at that new devil of three hundred and fifteen pounds, and it's like okay, I have something to push for. So when you're in a situation where you see another asteroid, a bigger asteroid, an asteroid that looks different coming at you. You're at ground zero once again. Like you said, those levels change. How do you face that which is in front of you at that point?
0: Well, the easiest way to do it is honestly. And when I say honestly, there's a level of of awareness, self-awareness that's required. To deal with a new challenge, where the last challenge that you face, if that humbles you in a way where it, le- it makes you um, more aware of the fact that there will be challenges that's coming your way, you'll be more prepared for the next one because you're expecting it. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you get to a place where you feel like I got this, I'm good. You know, nothing can affect me. You look at me, I'm this bad dude. You know, I don't care if you're bench person three fifty. Right. You know, if you keep working out or you you stay in the gym you're going to either see someone who's doing 395, 400, 425, or whatever it is and that's going to come your way at some point if you keep if you keep progressing it's going to come your way so if you have if you're humble you're honest with yourself you you if you're uh, if you're you take account of the last challenge that you had and remember how it felt to be ill equipped for that last challenge because you thought you were ready and you were not so you didn't, you didn't see that the impact it was going to have you when you got under that weight, you know, like you were talking about with the gym reference, you got under, you know, all, all brash and, you know, full of yourself. And then you go to push and the weight kicks you in the teeth, <laughs> you know, and now there is embarrassment. There's shame. Right. Well, it's because you didn't respect it. You, you, you didn't anticipate there being a challenge. You just assumed that you were going to go through this process without anything coming against you or running into any difficulties, but no matter how. Where you go, how much you grow, and how how big the weight, or how big the the, the thing that's coming against you, if you have the, the, the awareness that I'm gonna have challenges, I'm gonna encounter something that's gonna warn up that something that's gonna oppose my growth during this process, then no matter how big it is, you're aware of it, so you're more likely to be preparing for the obstacle. Any expectation of it of it coming so that when it arrives you're prepared for it mm-hmm. and then you address it like someone's that's prepared rather someone like then like someone who didn't expect
2: it mm-hmm.
0: you know so that's that's would be the way I would do it I would be I would do it honestly I would be honest with myself about it I would prepare for it and then I'd be expecting it in a way that when it comes I'm almost excited because I'm ready for you I was waiting on you to show up mm-hmm. you know so I'm ready you know what if after all this growth, that
1: weight, that asteroid, that whatever it is that you're facing in life, what if it wins and it knocks you back down to mm-hmm. ground zero? What happens then?
0: The thing about it is if you're prepared for it, it still never wins. Why? Because if I'm prepared for it and it, it in this moment, I couldn't quite push it up. That means I didn't prepare enough. It, 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 it didn't necessarily mean, I lost. I would have lost if I had prepared for it because I would have been I would have had no ability to, to deal with it. But even if I can't lift it all the way up, I should at least be able to have some movement in the sense of it should knock me all the way back. Even if it if I if I go to push and it's like like being on a bench, if I get some movement, but then I run out of strength. And it begins to come on back towards my chest. Every every person who's been in the gym has, knows how that feels oh, yes. when the weight starts to come back <laughs> down, and you start to think about your life. You know, <laughs> even if that happens, it's not necessarily it's saying that you lost. It's saying you didn't prepare for me mm-hmm. enough. You know, so this is a situation where I, if I'm honest with myself again, I say, you know what, I need to prepare more. It's a loss. Well, I guess that's that. Like yep. if you lose a game in the NFL, usually there's Super Bowl coming up. You lose the Super Bowl, it's over with. That no, at the not, but the, the game within this, within the game, there's each play, there's linemen that are butting heads against one another. If I lose this, if I lose this engagement on the line of scrimmage in this moment, did I lose the game? No. He he got the best of me in this moment. Right. There's another play coming. Right. So if I prepared enough. or or if I'm ready in the way that I need to be the next time we go against one another, you got to whip me again,
2: you know? So
0: that's kind of the the, the mindset because the goal is not to necessarily, um, be concerned about each, each encounter as it is winning the whole, I don't have to win this encounter in order for me to overcome this obstacle because it lets me know where I'm weak and where I need to prepare.
1: That's it. It's the old adage of, I may have lost the battle, but I'm going to win the war type situation. Yeah. That's absolutely correct because you learn, you grow, and you know how to attack it. And you look at it and you say, well, it knocked me down again, so I failed. What does fail mean? First attempt in learning. Mm -hmm. So, so long as you get up and you keep going and you keep pushing, you will learn how to overcome it. So the next time that you're in battle, okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many times have we seen a boxer or a football player or, or any sport, they get their rear end handed to them. Right. And then the next time they come back and mm-hmm. they're ready and they win the fight. Yeah. They win yeah. the the game. They win whatever. Preparation. Preparation, yeah. preparation is key.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, luck is when preparation and skill collide.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Preparation for whatever you're taking on and the skill to overcome it. That, in my opinion, is what luck is. Does do people have luck? Absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's because you're prepared for it. You're prepared when whatever it is comes your way. You're prepared when that baseball gets hurled at you at 102 miles an hour to connect properly with it and send it over the fence. You're prepared. When you, with baseball, with football, with all sports, they all start on ground zero at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter if you won the Super Bowl last year. Doesn't matter if you won the World Series. You're at ground zero right now. You got to work your way up. So that's the thing. Just like in life, Mm -hmm. it's one game. It's one battle. It's one obstacle. It's one challenge at a time Mm -hmm. to overcome. Yeah. I don't know about you. Me personally, there's a lot of times where I'll look at The entirety of everything. I'm a big picture thinker. Mm -hmm. So I see every single little thing at Mm -hmm. the end goal. Mm -hmm. The end goal is not the real journey. The journey is the journey. Mm -hmm. Somebody put on one of the social media platforms about a week ago. They said something about them working out. Right. And they said, why is this so hard? And, you know, people were nice. They got on there. They encouraged them, all that type of stuff. I didn't.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I got on there. I said, it's hard because you haven't fell in love with the process. Mm-hmm. You are seeing your weight loss goal. You're seeing your, it was woman, so it's probably a weight loss goal, mm-hmm. but you're seeing your bench press goal or your curl goal and you don't hit it. Mm-hmm. Do you just throw it in and say, Hey, I'm done. No, you enjoy the process every step along the way.
2: Yeah,
1: You know, because of our personal friendship and our Mm -hmm. personal relationship during my last bulking series Mm
2: -hmm.
1: i wanted to hit 315 that's why i was talking about it earlier right we came up to the end of it and i was at it was 290. yeah i could have just thrown in the towel and said you know what it's not worth it Mm -hmm. but then i got to thinking about how my goal used to be 135. Yeah, and now that's almost you know put a finger on each side of the bar and and throw that up. Right. When you fall in love with the process of what it takes to get to that end goal, then you chunk everything down and take it piece by piece. Yeah. The ultimate thing is still just as big, but now you can conquer one thing at a time and just keep progressing forward,
2: mm-hmm.
1: one step after another after another, one little rung on that ladder to the next little rung on that ladder. You don't have to jump 10 rungs at a time. Yeah. But then you're no longer at ground zero and your ground zero becomes a more elevated Mm -hmm. level. When you feel like there's no hope, when you've been beat down to that ground zero, whatever it is, whether it's work, whether it's, relationship, whether it's marriage, whether it's being a parent. How do you find the hope to come out
0: of it? Well, for me, there's there's a few different ways. You know me. You know that my first response is, is uh, my faith. That's my absolute first response is to trust more in what God has said about me than what I see in front of me. That I can overcome this, even if everything in front of me is saying you no, you, you can't, you can't overcome this. That's my first point of reference, is my faith, which keeps me on a firm foundation, which keeps me anchored in a place of expectation, positive expectation and belief in being able to overcome the obstacle. Next for me is being historical in my reference. When I say historical in my reference, think back to every single thing you've encountered in your life before that you think you, you thought you couldn't overcome. All these different things you've gone into, think back to the last challenge you had that, that was insurmountable or the last thing that you dealt with that you didn't feel like you could ever get to, through or the person that passed that you, you thought you could never go on in life without that person or the physical injury that you had that I could never recover from, the divorce you had and the pain you felt that you felt like this was, this was in me. Think back to all those things and look at where you are now and and ask yourself if all those things you thought in those moments of pain or discomfort was true Mm -hmm. and you realize I'm going to overcome all that and I'm going to let this in front of me stop me now. All that has to mean something. Mm -hmm. Everything I've gone through has to mean something. And now you can stand on the backs of everything that you've overcome and look down at a problem that you were just looking up at and it gives you hope to overcome it. So that's that's for me. That's that would be the process that I would take with with finding and grabbing onto that hope. Well, let's dive into what you said a little bit. You said your faith. Yeah.
1: Faith in Google, faith in yourself, faith in Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. What's that mm-hmm. faith
0: yeah. that you talk about? Well, my faith is is in God. Faith in God. Faith in trusting in. You know, we're all created beings. And so with all this order and all this intentionality in life, there had to be someone who intended to create things intentionally. There has to be an uncaused cause or a creator that created the created. So I, through my faith in, in, in God, my trust in the, the written word, where God has revealed himself in, in the Bible, I trust in what's been said. There is an, there's an innate knowing that even prior to knowing God, and trusting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, even prior to knowing that, there was an innate knowledge of there being something more greater than myself. That It's just innate. It's, it's woven within the fabric of, of humanity that there's something more. Some people find it in vices and, you know, addictions where you, you, you're you always chasing after something with this just innate idea, this thing in the back of your mind that there's something else or there's something more. That is what happens, what we have in us because of the separation from, from God. So we're always pursuing something, not knowing it's a longing to be back in fellowship or or, or in right standing with him. So my faith is anchored to the one that created me, that knows the plans that he has for me and why I was created. Why do I think this way? Why do I have the abilities that I have? What gifts do I have? What talents do I have? And then where do I deploy them? So if I'm trusting in what he's revealed to me about me, And then I'm running into an obstacle that I was meant to overcome. But in my mind, I can't because this is too much. This is too big. This is too hard. And then there's a reminder that, you know what, you were equipped for this. Mm You're built for this. And then I look back on my life and see all these things I've overcome and say, you know what, you're right. I am built for this. You know, that's how those things tie together for me, because it's like consulting with the creator, the manufacturer. You know, we've talked about this before. I would never go to Apple and ask them how to fix a problem with an engine on a Ford truck. I wouldn't go to Apple for that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask Ford, you know, what the right operating software is or 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 firmware is for my Apple device or whatever it is. Right. I wouldn't do that. I would consult with the one that created that or put everything together and then has a manual for you to look at that details what to do when there's problems. Mm-hmm. The problem, the, the troubleshooting. So that's so that's when I so when I talk about my faith, that's what it is. It is what grounds me and roots me, and then directs me in these moments where, in and of myself, I would probably shrink away from the problem. But instead, I stand boldly and confidently and face the problem, knowing that I can overcome it.
1: Hmm. What about even through your faith,
0: mm-hmm.
1: even in your belief in God? Mm-hmm. You still feel like you're getting your rear end kicked every single day.
0: Why yeah. would that happen? Yeah, you're, you're going to. You are absolutely going to. Why? Because we live in an imperfect, imperfect world with imperfect people in a fallen state where we're born to die. We're, we're not born and then we're going to live forever in this, on, this, on this earth. We're born in a fallen state, fallen flesh with fallen nature. So even within our best day or on our best day, our imperfect selves, the only thing that we can do and the best thing we can do is do things imperfectly. Mm. Even when we have these moments where things work out and most, and most things work out the way that we want them to, they'll never all work out the way we desire that they work out because we can't do everything and all things every day uh, uh, imperfectly. So because of that, and because people have free will, It's like raising your kids and giving them all the tools to do the right thing. And you being there to help them and protect them and cover them and so forth. And then they go out there and do the exact opposite of what you've told them to Mm -hmm. do. Is that because of you? Is that your, your fault? That happened because they got, they have the ability to choose to not do right. right. So because of that, And with all these seven, eight billion people in the world, and because you can't control all these external value on variables, the one you better be focused on is the one in here. The variables that you can in some way have some control over. And when I say have control over, that means having an awareness of the things that's going on, the issues that you have at ground zero, where you may not be able to, to address them. And you go back and you consult the manual, so to speak. And look at the steps for troubleshooting to get to the root of that issue. Doesn't mean you're not going to have problems. It just means now I got somewhere to go to fix it. Mm. So so that's that's what it, that's I mean, that's my answer to that. Why would I have these issues if my faith is anchored in God or in his word or in what he said? Because he's given us the ability to choose to not do what's right. Because love isn't love if you don't have the ability to not choose it.
1: Mm. It's deep. Love isn't love if you don't have the ability to not choose it. I was speaking with someone the other day, and they made the comment that sometimes God will take good things from you Mm -hmm. to give you better. Mm -hmm. What's the purpose in taking if there's something better? Why not just give the better while it's
0: good, so to speak? Mm Mm-hmm. You create an idol out of something good at times and you won't you won't pursue better or you won't even notice the things that's better because you've gotten so enamored with what's good. Like you won't even notice that there's other things around you Uh that could help you or transition you to better. So the only way you're going to stop doing this and let this go and walk away from this is if it's taken from you, because as long as you got it, I'm in a place where I'm comfortable. I don't even look for the opportunities. That could be something right in my face and I won't notice it. Why? Cause I got a good thing, you know? So in order for me to, to, to get you out of this place, I got to agitate you. I got to create some discomfort that allows you to now look around for opportunities or look around for the things that are building blocks that are going to help me create greater in you and de- therefore produce greater out of you. But if I leave you right here where you're comfortable in this good thing, mm. you will miss a God thing because you married the good.
1: Mm. Wow. Good, better, best. Let your good be better and your better be best. Yes, Never sir. let it rest. Yes, sir. Always keep pushing. Although we'll hit ground zero,
2: mm-hmm.
1: everybody will hit ground zero again. It's just how elevated is your ground zero? Your ground zero right now maybe somebody else's ground 1,000.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But you've just progressed along the way. So keep pushing and keep doing it. and you said honesty is what you base everything on just coming out and progressing forward from ground zero with honesty, honesty mm-hmm. in everything you do, honesty and mm-hmm. elaborate on that a little bit more.
0: Well, what we're going to do when we lead into this next episode, we'll be talking about having this awareness of our deficiencies in this space, in this, what we call ground zero. Um, and, That is just being aware of yourself in a way that where sometimes you actually will look in the mirror and may not like the person that you see. Mm -hmm. You know, there is an awareness that and an honesty where you say, I'm not as good at this as I thought I was. Uh, I'm not I'm not as strong in this place that I thought I was. I'm not as I'm I'm actually not as um, educated in this area. As I thought I was, I'm not as good of a husband as I thought I was. Mm -hmm. I'm, I don't quite have the integrity to be in this place. And in this position that I thought I had, I'm, you know what? I'm actually inauthentic. I'm actually, I'm at, I have this. And we talk about, we talked about imposter syndrome before. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you are actually an imposter in your own life. You are, you're impersonating a version of you that you don't really know enough to live authentically because you spend more time pretending and wearing a mask than you do actually being yourself. You know, so that's in a in a place where you're in this this, quote unquote, ground zero space in your life. Being honest about yourself where you can do an honest evaluation, you you can have an introspective look at, at yourself that allows you to see where you were deficient and how this thing was able to happen and impact you the way that it impacts you. Because it's one thing to be impacted it's one thing to be broken by it, Mm -hmm. you know, because something can hit me and not break a bone. Right. You know, so what caused it to break a bone? Because there wasn't something shielding me in that area. And I wasn't aware that something with that level of force was coming in that area. What obviously I was exposed a week in this area. So if you do an honest assessment of yourself, then you begin to look at the areas where you may have been deficient and then you attack them accordingly. Right. And that, Those
1: two things parallel with each other, honesty and uh, focusing on your deficiencies. Yeah. There is a concept that you do what you do best and then you hire out the rest. Mm -hmm. However, at the same time, for us to grow as human beings, for us to grow as business people, for Mm -hmm. us to grow as parents, we also have to look at those places that we are deficient because there are times where, hey, you know what? We're just wrong. Yeah. Yeah. We're just wrong. Yeah. Uh, That makes me think back to one time many, many years ago, I was talking to my brother and something was said about watching movies with the kids and how it was my belief at that point that your kids should be like number one, you know, I mean, spouse, of course, but you should put so much focus in it. And he's like, no, you shouldn't. Right. He said, you should take care of yourself first. And I'm like, no, you should take care of your kids first. Mm hmm. Well, after a little while, I came to the realization that I agree with what he said, Mm -hmm. because if I am not whole as a person, if Mm -hmm. I am not whole as a father, if Mm -hmm. I am not whole as a spouse, how can I take care of my spouse or my children? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So you do have to take care of yourself first. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, just like when you're on an airplane, they say if the the airbags fall, to put your mask on first and Mm -hmm. then help those around you. Mm Mm-hmm. Why? Because if you run out of air, you can't help anybody. Right. If you are not focusing on where you're deficient in life, it will not just go away. No. You have to make no. that better. You have to work on it. And that is where the honesty comes in because that is hard to do.
0: Yeah. Oh shoot. Yeah. It yeah, is hard to do. It's one of the most difficult things to do when you, when there's a fire, and and I'm not talking about a literal fire, but it can feel like fire in your life when you're going through something emotionally, when you're dealing with something mentally. Um, when there's a fire, the one thing you don't want to do is stay in it When the, when the heat is turned up. You don't want to stay in that fire. The problem is in your emotional life, if you aren't able to endure in the fire and you're always looking to put out the fire, you won't necessarily know why the fire is burning, and then too, the things that need to be burned up in the fire. The impurities, like um, the, the way they used to do, they used to heat the, these uh, uh I thought of a smelter or something like that. Uh, these pots they used to heat up precious uh, metals, and and the precious metals were heated up in a way that they it, once it gets to a certain heat the impurities will rise to the top. And if it doesn't get to that 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 certain level of heat, it can't the, all the impurities can't be ladled out. Because some won't make it to the to to the top because they weren't heated up enough for them to rise to the to the top. So if only heat it up a little bit, go ahead. No, 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 no. Okay. go ahead. If only heat it up a little bit, then only some of the impurities will rise to the top. Mm -hmm. but I'll never get purified or pure precious metal. I have kind of a a watered down, less quality version of what it could have been. That same thing happens with, with in in your mental and emotional space. If I'm not willing to go through anything, then I can't grow through it either Mm -hmm. because there are certain things that only come up through a heating. And so I have to stay in the fire in order to be able to have all those things in me that need to come up out of me that's been buried been right. deeply in me, I have to have those things burned out of me at times. Yeah. That means I got I to gotta go through some pain. Yep. So it's not going to feel good.
1: For sure. For sure. You know, it's just like grapes you can buy at the store for almost nothing. I mean, they cost hardly anything. Yeah. But yet wine costs money. Yeah. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. But how did the wine get to be so more so much more expensive when it's really the same thing? Mm-hmm. Because those grapes had to be pressed. Mm-hmm. They had to go through the pressing stage before their real value came out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that is just like going through the fire. You're pressed. It's not fun. No. But you got to do it. No. no you got to do it to grow. Yeah, you do. Hey, everybody, join you us do. again next Thursday as we come to you with operation operating from ground zero, where we will be talking
0: more about being aware of your deficiencies. Mm-hmm. We thank you guys for listening today. And if you're going to hustle, guys, remember to always hustle faithfully. See you later. Be blessed.